know what's going to happen in this sport in this sport you never know with with these fights anything is possible i do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in mma history he didn't know it was going to be a buffet though he thought it was going to be a three-piece now you're getting the whole mgm grand buffet to the face man what's up everyone it's time for a rj ringside episode here it's heidi fang and i'm joined today with adam hill our mma writer who is out in jacksonville florida we're gonna break down all things happening with ufc 249 some of the odds the main event between justin gaethje and tony ferguson and the fun co-main that we have going on between Sahudo and dominic cruz who got into some back and forth on a conference call this week that one's going to be a very exciting fight when we think about dominic cruz coming back for his first fight since 2016. So we're going to break all of that down for you here on the RJ Ringside podcast. Don't forget to check out this podcast on reviewjournal.com slash podcast and subscribe wherever you are listening. Also follow us on social media at Adam Hill LVRJ, our producer at Larry Mir, and I am at Heidi Fang as well. You can keep up with everything happening in the MMA world. And we're also going to be doing a breakdown of the fights as Saturday night starts to wrap up and We're also going to hear from President Dana White today. So we got a lot in store for you here on the RJ Ringside Show. So, Adam, first of all, I have to ask you, what has it been like for you in Jacksonville? I know that you've been tested now for coronavirus. Um, We're going to probably run that clip here also on the show so fans can see what it's like going through that process. But this is something that they've done with every fighter. We heard Gaethje talk about it. We saw the video that you got with Francis Ngannou on doing this. I mean, this is something that the UFC is doing to take precautions. And I think that's first and foremost here when you start thinking about what's happening around the world with this pandemic and making sure that the first sporting event that happens in such a long time that we've been without sports here, that it is pulled off safely. So what measures have you seen that the UFC has put into place and what have you heard about what they will do on fight night to make sure that there are safety measures that happen throughout fight to fight to fight? Yeah, I I guess we'll find out exactly what they plan on doing on fight night. Uh, I can certainly speak to what I have seen uh, down here on the ground in Jacksonville. Uh, you arrive at a hotel, and, and I say the fighters do. Uh, I'm staying right across the street from where they are, so I, I kind of shadowed the fighters as they went through the process. As soon as they arrive, they go straight to medical testing. Uh, they get, as as you point out, the nasal swab. Uh, I, I had mine done. It was not comfortable, but I tried to uh, get into like a zen-like state to try to fight it off because I didn't want to be embarrassed Dead. in front of the fighters. and. And you didn't overreact. Flinch. I You're know. like a ninja. I, I was trying. <laughs> I was trying flinch, so hard. Now, now to be fair, like Francis Ngannou was definitely letting out some sounds. He was uncomfortable. I, I think it's because of the way that his nose has been broken before, and it just wasn't easy. Justin Gaethje actually talked about the fact that they could not get the swab up his nose because it was so crooked, and they had to go up the other nostril, which is disturbing sounding, but it's actually. Very, it's a very practical thing, I guess, if you think about it. If your nose is that crooked, you can't, can't get the test done. They had to like, fight it up there. So I think if you see these fighters struggling, a lot of it is because of that reason. Like Their nose is just not conducive to sticking things way up it uh, because it's been broken before. But they go through that testing, the blood antibody testing as well. Uh, and then the, I mean, the sanitation is very evident. Like There's people everywhere sanitizing things all the time. No question about that. The fighters are in a hotel where they're not really supposed to leave. I mean, it's not like there's a guard keeping them in, but there's really no reason to leave. They've got their own personal gyms, their own personal saunas that the UFC brought with them. Um, They've got everything that they need there. And then 
There's really, not really a whole lot of restaurants. We're looking out the window right now here in downtown Jacksonville. Nothing's really open, even though the Florida is starting to open a little bit. There's not really any place to go. So it's not like a fighter could go out and like mingle amongst the crowd and get anything. So once they're here and kind of isolated, they're, they're kind of you know kept away from everyone. And you don't necessarily think there could be contamination. I mean, obviously there could be. There's people around the hotel, um, you know, as far as the workers go. And it's possible, but I think they're doing a lot uh, to keep people safe. The other thing I wanted to note, because I know one of the concerns that a lot of people had was, why are all these fighters getting tested when other people can't get tested? There is a testing facility, a drive through spot, like right around the corner uh, from where the UFC is taking place this Saturday. So the citizens of Florida do have access to testing on some level. I know it's not everyone and it's not perfect, but it's not like there's no testing available. There is the opportunity to have that done uh, for the average citizens. But uh, yeah, you, you kind of notice that it's very quiet. It's so isolated. There's not the usual you know, groups of fans and autograph seekers and that sort of thing around. And I think for that reason, as weird as it is and as crazy it is and as chaotic as it's going to be, like we use the word chaotic, but it's it's kind of calmer. There's There's like... All this going on, but nothing going on at the same time, if you can, if you can kind of understand what I mean by that. And you heard some fighters kind of say as the week has gone on, as much as they were thinking about, like, I wonder what this is going to be like, a lot of them are now saying, this, could, this should kind of be what we go through all the time, like being isolated, being apart from everybody, being so safe, having all this focus and attention on, on health and safety. Like, it's kind of comforting, I think, for the fighters. They're kind of embracing this. A little bit now. I think it might be different when they step in the cage and there's nobody there. It's going to be very awkward, but they're. I think they're appreciating uh, everything that's going on this week. Definitely. So, I mean, Dana White was hellbent, uh, to say the least, and persistent is another word to use on getting this yeah. fight card put together down in Jacksonville. And there will be three fight cards over the span of eight days, starting with May 9th's card, UFC 249. So, Adam, you were able to speak with Dana White today. Uh, what was the main overall message that you got from him about what he went through to put together these fight cards to deliver to the fans? I mean, I would think, you know, defiant might be the right word of like everyone in the world said, don't do it and you shouldn't do it. And he said, I'm going to do it. That's how that's how he's always been. Uh, the more people tell him not to do something, he's going to. And, you know, I, listen, at some point, some sport is going to be the first to come back. Uh, I had a lot of reservations. I was very skeptical about it. But they have gone to pretty extreme lengths to be as safe as possible. It, are they is it foolproof? No. I mean, is it possible somebody could be sick or get sick or, you know, trans transmit something and, and take it back and then, you know, pass it on to other people? Of course it is. Like, I, I think that those are all concerns. But, you know, I feel like just talking to some, you know, professionals about this, the the plan that they have in place is pretty solid. And, you know, I, I think Dana White told me today that other organizations have been in contact with them trying to figure out. Um, exactly what you know they're doing and how they're doing this and whether this would work for other sports leagues. Uh, I think that was kind of notable, uh, and it makes some sense because you know he, in his mind, if it's going at some point, you know, no matter what we say, there's going to be sports again, and somebody's going to be the first to do it. And so he was always going to be that guy, and you know we'll see how it works out. He he wants to do a fight in Las Vegas, May 23rd. My opinion is that the Nevada Athletic Commission has their eyes on what's going on here in Florida. Uh, they want to see how it works out. And if it does work out uh, well, then I think that you know, Nevada will be more comfortable with it. And then I think other sports going forward can kind of 
say like, hey, listen, they put the pro pro protocols in place. We can take that to the next level with what we want to do, use their base and and go forward. So, you know, I know there's a lot of mixed opinions. I have a lot of mixed opinions about whether they should be doing this, but you do have to take note that they're doing a lot of the right things here. Well, let's go ahead and hear from UFC President Dana White. You did have the opportunity to speak with him, as we said, in Jacksonville. So let's hear what he had to say here about putting on this card in Jacksonville, Florida, this Saturday. Uh, everything's good. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a good week, and uh, we're right there. You know, get in there tomorrow, make sure everybody's good and healthy, and put this behind us. It's not even like it was, I felt like we had to be the first one back. I just knew we would be the first one back. I mean, we were trying to figure out ways to not stop. But, the, you know, the world kept changing every day. And, uh, you know, when everything just shut down, we even figured out how to, how to get around that. You know, we could have done California on the, uh, what was it, the 18th or whatever the date was. But, um, you know, it's really what we do. We've been doing this for a long time. Health and safety is something we worry about every weekend. Um, and we did it in Brazil. We did it in Brazil before it had gotten to this level even. And, and everybody got through that, 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 that weekend safe. I mean, Mick, Mick was down there too. The, uh, you know, he flew down there and, and, and was in Brazil for days. And you know, there were a lot of people down there and they, and they, all, they were all okay. We knew we could figure this out. That was UFC President Dana White here on the RJ Ringside Show. We will be right back here in a moment, and we're going to break down some of the odds with our sponsor, betonline.ag, and what we've seen here on the line. So stay tuned right here. For currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to Bet Online AG and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are all just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First-time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Welcome back to the RJ Ringside Show. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, with Adam Hill, our MMA writer, who is out in Jacksonville, Florida, ready to cover UFC 249 for us. And I want to get into some of the odds here, specifically with the top two fights. We have the main event, interim lightweight title on the line, Tony Ferguson taking on Justin Gaethje, who took this fight originally on short notice. But now I think he's had some time to get adjusted to the idea, being that this was reset time and time again here. And then in the co-main event, we have Dominic Cruz returning from a layoff. This guy was so dominant when he was 
holding the reins here in that division, but now taking on Henry Cejudo, who has dubbed himself Triple C for all the belts and titles he's won. So uh, that one should be a very interesting fight to see Dominic Cruz coming off a layoff to fight someone who's just been on a tear at the peak of their game right now in Henry Cejudo. So we're going to break it down. And, you know, we are brought to you by betonline.ag. So I wanted to go through some of the numbers that I've seen with their site and how they have these going on here with the different fights. Um, first of all, you know, I think when you look down the line here, <clears throat> They have Justin Gaethje as an underdog, plus 175. Uh, Tony Ferguson favored. Obviously, I think he's favored across the books if you look at it, Adam. So Tony Ferguson has been on an amazing tear. He's got what other fighters say, specifically Kevin Lee, who's somebody that you and I both know when he trained out here in Vegas, that he's said he is so hard to figure out. His style is unlike any other. He fights to a rhythm and a beat of his own that makes it really difficult for his opponents to try to get their timing down, to try to figure out for instance, like Gaethje, he was a wrestler first, somebody who would time out their takedowns, go for the legs, shoot, find a way to get the opponent to the ground. Well, that's going to be a difficult task for him to do with somebody like Tony, who's so creative when you look at what he's able to do with his jujitsu game and as everything that he brings to the table. He's an all-around martial artist. So when you look over this, I mean, the odds are really against Gaethje um, in a lot of ways, but I think it's something that if you look at it, I mean... I think those are pretty good odds for, for Gaethje. And I would take that as a live dog in this, in this fight. What do you think, Adam? Yeah. And the numbers ticked up a little bit in some spots. You can see Ferguson even up as high as like minus $2, dollars one ninety. Um, So definitely a lot of support for Ferguson. And for good reason, the guys in lost since 2012. And as you mentioned, really, really tough stylistically for a lot of guys to figure out because he's, he's got a very, you know, a, a unique pace and a unique movement to his striking. Uh, but also his cardio is unbelievable. You can't wear him down. And the wrestling is just, uh, you know, takes him to another level. So he's very difficult opponent, but he also has been rocked several times. And I think that's what you look at uh, with for this fight with Gaethje, who has, you know, just next world power for this division and a guy who is just not afraid to stand in there. And, you know, if, if Ferguson is able to, you know, figure him out a little bit and, you know, move and, and faint and, and get some shots in, that's not really going to bother Gaethje. In fact, it's just going to make Gaethje swing harder. So I, I think he's a guy that will match up well with Ferguson. I think he's just going to be able to stand in there, take a couple shots and say, yeah, give me three of yours. I'm going to give you three back and you're not going to be able to hold up. Uh, I think that's the plan for Gaethje. And I think that could be effective. I think he's a live dog here. I, th I think, you know, Ferguson's favored for a reason. And I like Ferguson, but uh, man, Gaethje at this price, just has a path to victory that I like. And I think you have to look at that as a better. How come you and I, when we don't even talk about it, we're always on the same page with these things. I have the same. I'm yeah. actually thinking Gaethje. And I think a lot of the things is, like you said, he's going to get in the pocket. He's going to mix things up. He doesn't care if he gets hit. He's somebody that will come at your legs. He'll break down the tallest tree in the forest and, you know, make it drop. I've seen it time and time again when he fought. And he finally kind of got back to it because it was something in his game that he got away from for a while as far as using his leg kicks to get after his opponents. But I think... And you know, this last performance, we saw it 
kind of come back. And I think that was part of his game. That's always been a real key for him and getting wins. So, uh, yeah, this one, I, I would take Gaethje as well as a, as a live dog. And I think it goes into deep waters because I think that these two will go round for round with each other. This one has the making of being the best fights possibly that we have seen this year. So, uh, although they have a lot to live up to against Weili Zhang and Joanna, uh, Yun yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that one right now is at, at the top, at the top, top. So, uh, it was, lots it was of, only like lots two months ago. Season yeah, I know. A year ago. It was only two months it's ago. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy, sure. man. Yeah, yeah. So let's get no, into no the doubt. co-main where, where Dominic Cruz right now is at plus 190. Uh, Henry Cejudo, I'm seeing at minus 225 on the odds sheet here with Bet Online. So uh, when you think about the co-main, I mean, I think that's kind of generous for somebody with Dominic Cruz, who's been out for so long and has had surgery after surgery. A lot of people have made jokes like he's going to get in there and that he's just going to, you know, have something break on him, that he's Mr. Glass. But I don't think he's that fragile. I mean, we've seen Dominic Cruz come back. Ring rust is not a factor for him. So this is somebody who I think is able to mix up things pretty effectively. And when you listen to him as an analyst, he really knows how to break down everything when he looks at his opponents on tape. So I think this is something where strategically he can already see the path to victory. But when you haven't gone through like a weight cut in three years, you know, I mean, I, I haven't seen how he looks at him. You're out there. How, what have you seen with Dominic Cruz during fight week? And do you think that in this situation, we have another live dog? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he's looked good all, all fight week. I don't think the, the cut was too much of a problem. In fact, he was the first person on the scales this morning uh, at way in here in Jacksonville. So uh, I think he's excited to be back. He's ready to get in there. And I think really, when you look at this fight, you're only handicapping one thing to me. Uh, in this fight, it's which Dominic Cruz do we see, and, and that's not even a fair point. It's it's how ready is Dominic Cruz to fight again? I mean, he did have long layoffs before. He's been through a lot of injuries in his career. This is insane. Three years plus, almost three and a half years since he has stepped in the cage. He's jumping into a title fight against one of the best fighters we've ever seen at you know the 125, 135 weight class. And Cruz is himself in that category as well, but. I just think Henry Cejudo is, you know, using his wrestling background, gold medalist, of course, no question about his pedigree, but he's using that and integrating really, really rapidly improving striking into that game. He's just he's just on a different level right now. But I think if Cruz is at his best, if Cruz looks like the Dominic Cruz that we saw, you know, come out of his long layoff last time and just come out, you know, at the top of his game. I think he's a really bad matchup for Henry Cejudo. I, I think the way that he moves, his movement is tough to figure out. It's quick and gets you off balance. And like the the kind of secret to uh, the, the success of Dom Cruz throughout his career has been his his ability to to d- dictate uh, where the fight is by having really really good takedown defense and taking down when he wants to. Now I don't think he's going to wrestle with Henry Cejudo. That would be kind of crazy. But I do think he can at least thwart takedown attempts enough to keep the fight where he wants it on the feet. Again, if he is ready, like if this is Dominic Cruz looks like a guy who hasn't fought in three and a half years, he's going to get steamrolled. But if he's ready, I think he's a really, really bad matchup for Cejudo and he could absolutely be a live dog. But my wager here is that he's not ready to be that kind of guy uh, after three and a half years away. So I would go Henry Cejudo. But man, if you believe in Dominic Cruz being at the top of his game, he is absolutely a good bet here. I'm taking that bet. 
I'm taking cruise. I, I am. I call me I crazy. Call me crazy. I'm going to do it because I just, I think that he's one of those guys, as long as he sticks and moves, if he sticks in front of Henry Cejudo, I feel like that's danger all around. Cause we've seen Cejudo unleash some crazy flurries on guys that back up against the cage too much or that get just right in front of him and don't move. So the key here would be the movement and the footwork Dominic Cruz has, I think is far superior. So I just think that if we still see the shades of old Cruz, Go ahead and everybody uh, tweet at me that I was silly when making this choice later. Huh. But I think I think Cruz uh, will take this one. I really do. I think he'll drag it in uh, to deep waters and, and make it a really ugly kind of fight and be able to throw Cejudo off. And I, I think he's going to get to him. I think this is going to be a fight for Cruz. It's going to be crazy to watch that belt uh, change hands. But I think that that's what we have ahead of us here. But Adam, let's get in to the next fight and this one features somebody that's trained here in Las Vegas at Extreme Couture and also with the UFC PI he's used that a lot I mean I think there was a report once that Francis Ngannou was literally living at the Performance Institute and I mean why not he said you get three meals a day you know you got all your training that you need you have a weight cut chamber you have all your recovery needs you have doctors ready to give you massages where you're aching I would live there too if I had the chance. So it's <laughs> the place where we've seen yeah. Francis Ngannou. He did say that that was closed, obviously, ahead of this fight due to all the shutdowns around the city and, and the state of Nevada. But uh, his opponent, Rosenstruck, is somebody who's been very volatile when he gets in the cage. He's got a lot of power. But these two guys, these are two big sluggers. So usually when that happens in MMA, what happens? You get a three-round war. And that's kind of what I think could happen in this circumstance, that it could be one of those heavyweight fights where everyone wants a knockout. But I think these two and their power just kind of matches up against each other so well and then and, and their their skill sets that we see a long fight here, that longer than anticipated anyway, in heavyweight. How do you break this one down, Adam? Yeah, I, I know where you're going with that, and I, I understand it. Uh, I think it's one of those fights where we're going to see the first couple minutes be very slow. Uh, you could come out and see maybe two minutes of just kind of posing and looking at each other and kind of time and, and you know, uh, you know, deke here and there. But I don't think you'll see a whole lot right away. I think they're both going to respect each other's power. But I do think at some point, about midway through the first round, they're, they're going to start really engaging. And I don't think it's going to last long after that. Uh, they both just need one shot. We know that. We've seen it from both of them. Um, you know, Rosenstrike is a guy who got a, a knockout with like four seconds left against Overeem. Uh, to end that fight. So uh, I think he's, you know, he's a guy that uh, can stand in there. I think he got the confidence uh, from from that fight and from stepping up in competition a little bit. I, I like this matchup. I think it, it could be exciting for as long as it goes. I just think Ngannou's, like, experience at the highest level might come into play here where uh, Rosenstruck is just kind of coming up and getting to that spot. Uh, I, th I think, you know, anytime there's heavyweights uh, that are going at it that are both just kind of sluggers swinging for the fences. I like to look at the underdog because, you know, if it's just who lands the first punch, the underdog is probably uh, the great value there. But in this one, I just feel like the experience edge a little bit goes to Ngannou, and I think he's just he's ready to take that next step forward. He wasn't ready for that first title shot. I think he will be ready the second time. All right, so those are the top three fights here. And Ganu right now, minus 265 on the bet online number. Uh, wager here for the money line. I like that as well. I think it'll be an Nganu fight. But um, as far as smack talk and all that goes this week, Adam, I want to just quickly look at who's had the most interesting back and forth in, in a state here where we're looking at face-offs where you can't get 
close and in, into your opponent's face as we normally seen. But uh, first, I want to hear from earlier in the week before we break all this down, uh, how these face-offs are going and how that went down with weigh-ins. Uh, the guys can't really try to engage in that mental warfare as much in a stare-down, if you know what I mean. But I think we did hear it from Sehudo and Cruz earlier in the week on a conference call. So let's hear from these two and their little back-and-forth verbal sparring, so to speak. You better, you better start the unemployment checks. I'm taking your ass out. Yeah, cool story, Henry. Dominique. You know I'm the real Bill. You know I'm coming. You ain't getting back to the rounds. Yeah, okay. You're short. I know that. And I know you're going to have a hard time finding me, little man. You're going to remember that. You're going to remember that, princess. Okay. We'll see, man. When you're in there missing, you're going to find out real quick the difference. And the amount of rounds I got in there over you. I got hours in there over you, little man. You're a wrestler. Sure. I'm about to prove that and expose you real quick. You just try not to break it now, princess. You just make sure to make okay. it on main night. Yeah, you're coming off of shoulder surgery too, smart guy. So how are you any more tough than me? You're just coming back from uh, surgery after a year. Have you ever done that? Nope. I've done it several times and I've I'm the fastest in the world. And I am the greatest combat athlete of all time. That's yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, well, there you go, flaunting your credentials again, but none of those mean anything because exactly, how do you make a difference exactly. for anybody but yourself? I had the belt for 10 years. I've been the I have You haven't fought two times in 10 years, Dominic. I've fought a many times in 10 years, and I, you know what? I have more title fights than you as well, so remember that too. All you got to do is look at the numbers, Henry. You're catching up still, bro. Well, you, you can it. win three you more title fights and still be catching up. Well, me. you prove it to me, Crunches, on May 9th. Because on May 9th, like I said before, I'm serving goat. I don't have anything to prove. I'm just going to beat it out of you. You're going to embarrass yourself trying to fight me. I hope so, Prince. That's just the last time against Cody. No, Cody's not you, is he? Can't, I have no power in the past. I have power right I'm, there, I'm right I'm now. Another, and I'm another animal on top of that, Dominic. I'm a whole nother what happened, what, you know what happened with you? What happened with you and Benavides? What happened with you, Demetrius Johnson? You lost to both of them. I had lost to you. That was four years ago. You lost. That was four years ago. It was three years ago I lost. So there you go. Here you go. If you want to talk about past. There you go for you. I got some proof in where I'm going to smack you. I came back and I beat one of the greatest of all time. In the and I'm about to come back and smash just a little turd who thinks he's better than I, he is. You're a 25er and I'm going to prove it. You can try, princess. You can try. Try not to break the nails off of it. We've heard that already. He keeps saying the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Because you're brittle and you break everything. Did you just come off of the surgery? Does that make you brittle? You're an idiot. So yeah, after hearing all that, I'm definitely fired up for that co-main event, Adam. And what fight are you looking forward to most on the card? Uh, when you look down the other fights that we have not yet discussed, who who's the one that you're looking forward to most? I mean, I really like stylistically. I like the the Calvin Cater Jeremy Stevens matchup. We saw Jeremy Stevens miss weight uh, today, yeah. so. Uh, maybe a little, a uh, little bit of an issue there. Uh, not sure how he'll respond to that and come out of it. I'm sure you know he's been doing this long enough. I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, but that's always something to monitor. Uh, I think that's a really good fight because Stevens just doesn't care. Like he's a guy. Oh, I'm gonna show up and fight with no fans. I don't care. Tell me to meet by the flagpole at three o'clock and we'll fight, or meet at a bar at three a.m. and we'll fight. Like that's that's just who he is. So I think he's gonna be fine with kind of adjusting uh, to this environment. 
uh, and getting past the missway cut and everything else. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Plus, the, the style matchup there is interesting because Cater is so sharp and so fundamentally sound, and Stevens is just wild. So it's going to be Stevens trying to get Cater to fight his wild fight and Cater trying to stay disciplined and see how long he can do that, especially since Jeremy Stevens has really developed some strong low kicks. And, you know, Cater is susceptible to that because he's more of a straight-up boxing guy uh, than a kickboxer. So I like that stylistic uh, matchup of things. Uh, I also, listen, I, I have no idea, no idea what's going to happen with Verdum and Olinik. I, I, I don't have any concept of how that fight plays out, so I'm interested in seeing that. Uh, and, listen, Cerrone and Pettis, I think, are guys that we've always wanted to see again. Uh, the fight didn't last very long when they matched up the first time. Always action fighters, and I think that'll be a fun fight as well. Yeah, that's the one that I'm looking at right now. Cerrone and Pettis, it's something like just straight out of WEC days. I love watching these guys when they go at it because they're so, like, just veteran in what they do. Like, you know, none of them's going to be rattled when they get in there. And for Cerrone, like, he was talking about he wants to fight quick turnaround again. He's like, I'll take one of those fights in, like, eight days down the road. And you know he would, too. So, um, you know, and he said that for him that this is kind of a better fight uh, for him because he said that when you get in there, and you only have X amount of days for notice that this is something where he doesn't have time to get nervous and let things build up. I thought that was interesting because you never think his cowboy as being somebody who gets, you know, in his own head or that there's mental warfare at stake when he goes in there to fight because he lays it all on the line when he goes into the cage. So I'm really excited to see how this one shakes out between those two. But yeah, it's going to be, I think, stylistically pretty interesting how Pettis and, and Cerrone match up. And it's one that I'm really excited to see. So, uh, yeah. Not even, when, not, even, not even eight days, Heidi. He said he parked. I saw it today. He parked the RV outside the fighter <laughs> hotel. He's staying outside where everybody else is staying inside. And he said it's not leaving until next Sunday, a week after his fight. And the UFC is doing two more cards, Wednesday night, Saturday night here at the same arena. He said he wants to be on all three. <laughs> He said he wants to fight on all three cards, and he said if he does, <laughs> he'll use the money to fly himself back uh, instead mm -hmm. of instead of getting into the RV and flying private uh, because he'll make so much money from having three fights. But like most people would say that, and you're like, that's insane, like that's a funny joke or whatever. He says that you're like, yeah, I think he actually wants to be on all three cards. Mm-hmm. That's just his way. I mean, that's just the way he's built. That's what he needs. This guy lives on adrenaline, like literally. So <laughs> and we've seen it from everything he does. And this is probably a weird fight night for him because he doesn't probably get to go out and do anything that he would normally do, though. I wouldn't put it past Cerrone that he's out like, you know, on a boat somewhere trying to water ski right now. Like, I, I wouldn't put it past him. But no. yeah, I, no, I don't he's, think, uh, uh, he's taken. He said he's very excited about the main event. He wants yeah. to watch uh, Gaethje and Ferguson, and he so he wants to get his fight over. But he, he'd like to go to a bar and watch it with fans, but there's no bars. So he's basically going to park his RV outside the arena and make it a bar so that they can oh. watch the fight together. Well, be safe, everyone. Be safe yeah. out there. Good idea. Yeah, that, that's my main concern, and that's what something we're going to keep a close eye on, and we will come back with another show tomorrow when we have the fights coming at you. We're going to have scrums with all the fighters. We're going to be able to let you guys hear from Dana White and everybody else that is out there um, after the fights, post-fight. We're going to put on something here. We'll get with Adam again and bring you guys a recap of all of the action out from Jacksonville and the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena where you UFC 249 is happening. Make sure to check out all Adam's articles in print and online, reviewjournal.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. And for the record, Larry Mayer is also 
we're on a, the same board with us when and you look at it for Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. So shout out to Larry, who's been producing this for us. Uh, that'll do it for us here today. Make sure to follow us all on social media at Larry Mir, at Adam Hill, LVRJ, and I'm at Heidi Fang. Thank you so much. Warriors, warriors.